Well, today we're finishing the series called The Voice. God's voice is the voice of truth and the voice of instruction that we desperately need in our lives. But, but have you ever wanted to turn up the volume a little bit? Have you ever wanted to hear God a little bit better? You know, most of the things that we listen to has a volume switch or knob or slide. Think of all the things that are in your home or in your car, things that you listen to all the time. And almost all of them have some kind of a volume switch or knob or button. Your phone, your radio, uh, your alarm clock, your computer, your iPod, your tablet. Even my Pepsi bottle has a volume switch. You don't believe that, but it does. Had no idea what would be on it when I turned it on, but... Everything you listen to has a volume switch. Now, I want to see if you can hear this. Can you hear that? No, I can hear it, but you can't, right? Can you hear that? Can you hear that? Keith, you couldn't hear it. It was right right against you. (laughs) Can, Can you hear this? Can you hear it? Can you hear it? How about in the back? Can you hear it? Probably can't. Now you probably can. Wouldn't it be good if you could do that with God? Wouldn't it be good if you could say, God, you know, I'm going through this time of doubt and I I really need to hear, I can't quite hear what you're saying to me. I really need to turn up the volume. Or God, I'm going through this time of temptation and it would be so helpful if during that time of temptation you could somehow turn up the volume on God's voice. Or you're going through that time of doubt. You're going through that time of struggle. You're going through that time of difficulty. You're, you've got all these, these questions and you need to make a decision. You've got this huge decision before you. Wouldn't it be good if somehow you could just turn up the volume so you could hear God better? Is there a way to do that? Is there a way for you and I to turn up the volume and hear God's voice more clearly? Absolutely. But before I tell you what that way is, I want to lay the foundation for what we're going to be talking about today. I want to make a statement that kind of serves as the foundation for the entire message. And in fact, if you agree with this statement, I want you to participate in today's message with me. If you agree with this statement, I want you to say a good, strong, hearty, amen. Alright, are you ready? Here's the statement. This is foundational to the entire message. The statement is this. The Bible is the primary way that God speaks to us today. It really is. Let's say that together. I want to make sure we get that. The Bible is the primary way God speaks to us today. Now, some of you haven't gotten it yet. Up in the balcony, I need to hear you. Let's say it all together. The Bible is the primary way God speaks to us today. Say, Pastor Keith, have you ever heard the audible voice of God? No, I haven't. Pastor Keith, have you ever, has God ever spoken to you through somebody else? Yes, many times. Pastors and teachers, my wife, my parents, my deacons, my friends. Uh, God has often spoken to me through others. Has, has God ever, Pastor Keith, has God ever spoken to you through, through impressions, what you might call the, the whispers of God? Yes, He has. From time to time, God has directed my life that way. I've, I've had those impressions from God, those whispers from God, and He's directed my life in that fashion. 
But by far, the way that God has spoken to me more than any other is through His Word. Through the years, I've heard God's voice speak louder through the Bible than through any other means. And here's what I want to teach you today. When you increase your time in God's Word, it's like turning up the volume of God's voice. If you'll just increase your time in God's Word, it's like turning up the volume of God's voice. Maybe I could say it to you this way. The more devoted you are to learning and living what you read in the Bible, the greater your chances will be of hearing God speak. Now, there's lots of places in Scripture that talk about the value of learning and, and living the Bible, but the, probably the, the most prominent Scripture in all the Bible that addresses the value of the Bible is Psalm 119. I want you to open God's Word to Psalm 119. As you're turning there, it's kind of in the middle of your Bible. Let me tell you a few interesting facts about Psalm 119. Psalm 119 is the longest psalm in the Bible. It is also the longest chapter in the Bible. There are 176 verses in Psalm 119. And with those 176 verses, Psalm 119 has more verses than 14 of the Old Testament letters or Old Testament books. Interesting, compare it to the New Testament. There are more verses in Psalm 119 than in 17 of New Testament books. That's how long this psalm is. And, and the amazing thing about that long psalm, that long chapter, 176 verses, the entire psalm is about the Bible. The longest chapter in the Bible is about the Bible. Now, before we read the psalm, though, is this kind of cutting out? Do you all sense that? Before we read the psalm, let me tell you a little bit about the author. The author of this psalm is not mentioned. We don't know who wrote it. Some, some have speculated David, some have speculated Moses and, and other people, some have speculated uh, even uh, Jeremiah. But the name of the author is not given. But, but I can describe the author to you. Whoever wrote this psalm, he was a young man who was sold out to God. He was a, had a passionate desire to understand God's Word in a deeper way. He was very, very passionate about understanding God's Word. Yet, this same author, whoever he was humbly confessed and acknowledged that he sometimes strayed in his heart and in his life. This same author, Anonymous, he knew the pain and the benefits of God's discipline. Because he sometimes strayed from God, he knew the pain and the benefits of God's discipline, corrective discipline. Whoever this this author was, he was a high-profile person who knew important people in high places. And they knew him. He was a young man who was well-known. And whoever he was, he was a person who also knew the sting of ridicule and slander from those who did not appreciate his stand for God. He was kind of the Tim Tebow of his day. Whoever he was, he was kind of the Tim Tebow of his day. A young godly man, knew lots of people, and some people didn't like his stand for God. And if I could just choose one verse that he wrote that would summarize the entire psalm, it would easily be verse 24. And here's what he says in verse 24. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. I want you to take your pen or pencil and underline that word, they are my counselors. It's a very important statement. Your statutes are my delights. They are my counselors. 
The basic theme of Psalm 119 is the practical use of the Bible in the life of the believer. Just the practical use of the Bible. If God's already written down His advice on the most common dilemmas that we face in life, things like relationships and communication and temptation and money management and on and on it go, wouldn't it make sense to take advantage of what God's written down? And that's what the psalmist is talking about. He's talking about the practical nature of the Bible and that the Bible can give you advice unlike any other person or thing. In fact, that's why he calls the Word of God his counselor. Have you ever thought of the Bible as your counselor in life? Now, I want to make something very, very clear. I am not against counselors. I have an older brother who is a Christian counselor. So I'm not saying anything against counselors, but I do want you to hear this. The greatest counsel you will ever get is from this book. There's not even a close second. The greatest counsel you can ever find are in the pages of this book. And you and I need to be so saturated with the Word of God so that when circumstances come our way and we're caught off guard, that we instinctively know God's wisdom, that we hear God's voice, we experience His nudges, and we hear the whispers of God. That's why the psalmist said, Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. Whether it's at the office or in traffic, at the grocery store, in school, The Holy Spirit of God can use the Word of God to be your counselor that day for that situation. That's why the devil works so hard to keep you from the Word of God. The devil works overtime sometimes to keep you, he keeps you busy and he keeps you distracted and he keeps you discouraged and he works overtime to keep you away from the Word of God because he knows. He knows that if you are involved in the Word of God, then you'll be able to stand up against temptation. But if He can keep you away from the Word of God, you'll be vulnerable to temptation. He knows that if He can keep you away from the Bible, then everything's negotiable. He knows that if He can keep you away from the Bible, then what used to be black and white, suddenly it turns into a dark shade of gray. He knows that if He can keep you away from this book, you'll dry up spiritually. So one of His greatest tasks uh, or goals for you is to keep you away from your Bible. He doesn't mind that you, that you bring it to church. He just doesn't want you to read it and live it. Remember this. If the devil can keep you away from the Word, he steals the Father's main tool for fruitfulness in your life. Someone said either the Word will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from the Word. And you choose. The psalmist made his choice. Your statutes are my delights. They are my counselors. Did you know that we make approximately 300 decisions every day? 300 decisions. You've already made a good number of decisions this morning. You decided what time you were going to get up. You decided what you were going to wear to church. You decided if you were even going to go to church. You decided what you want to eat for breakfast. and All kinds of decisions. They go on and on throughout the day. You'll decide this afternoon whether or not to take a nap. And for some of you say, no, there's no decision there. I'm, I'm taking a nap. I don't have to decide that one. You'll decide whether or not to get up from the nap. You'll just, the decisions are constant, endless, and most of the decisions are fairly insignificant. But from time to time, as you go through your ordinary day, you're going to face a decision somewhere along the way that's going to require wisdom. And if the Bible is not part of your daily life, listen carefully. If, if Satan has kept you away from this book, if Satan has caused this book to 
not be something that you're really involved in at the moment. If the Bible is not part of your daily life, then when you come to those points in your average, ordinary, everyday life, and all of a sudden you come to a point where you need to make a decision that requires wisdom, then all of a sudden your hormones will make that decision. Or your greed, or peer pressure, or fear, or anger will make the decision. And your life will be worse because of it. And your marriage will be worse because of it. And your family will be worse because of it. And your future will be worse because of it. But just think for a moment. What if, as you go through your ordinary day, and you come to those occasional times where you're going to make a decision that is significant, a decision that requires wisdom, what if you could turn to a counselor at that time to find the right thing to do? You see, I believe with all of my heart that the Bible can help you make decisions that you won't regret. I believe with all my heart the Bible will help you make decisions that give you a stronger family. The Bible will help you make decisions that give you a stronger future. The Bible will help you make decisions. God, in His kindness, has provided you and me a lifetime of counselors between the covers of this book. And sometimes those counselors, I don't know if you've met them yet, but sometimes they'll correct you. Sometimes those counselors will challenge you. Sometimes those counselors will criticize you. Not in a negative way, but will, will bring to light what you're doing wrong. Sometimes those counselors will, will also bring hope to you. And sometimes those counselors will bring joy to you and, and happiness to you. But the net effect is always the same. If you'll take the time to try to turn up the volume. If you'll take the time to... Turn up the volume so you can hear God's voice. Those counselors will always steer you in a Godward direction. Your statutes are my delight. They are my counselors. You say, okay, pastor, so, so how do we do that? How do we turn up the volume of God's voice? The psalmist, whoever he was, gives us at least four different ways we can do that. I want you to write these down. I want you to get a pen or pencil or something to write with. And I want to give you four practical ways. And please understand that we're at different places in our walk with God. For some of you, you're going to need the very first thing that I talk about. Some of you say, no, I've got that one. And then you, but maybe when we get to number two or number three or number four, somewhere along the way, there's, there's probably one that you're going to need to engage in. But I want you to write all of these down as we try to discern where are you in your walk with God and what's the step you need to take in order to turn up the volume. What, what's the step you need to take? There's four things that the psalmist writes about in this text that will help us turn up the volume so we can hear God's voice louder and better. Here's the first thing. Number one, if you want to turn up the volume and hear God's voice better, learn the Word. Learn the Word. I didn't say just read the Word. I said learn the Word. Now, the psalmist talks about that throughout Psalm 119. Let me give you some examples. Beginning in verse 7, he said, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. Look what he said in verse 12. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. Look in verse 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. I can't see it on my own. I need you to teach me. I need you to show me. Open my eyes. Look at verse 26. 
In verse 27, I recounted my ways and you answered me. Teach me your decrees. Let me understand the teaching of your precepts. Let me understand. Help me understand the teaching of your precepts. Look at verse 33. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. Look at verse 66. Teach me the knowledge of good and judgment, for I believe in your commands. You know what the psalmist is saying? The psalmist said it over and over and over in this psalm, that it's the longest psalm in the Bible, and a psalm about the Bible. He said, I don't want to just read it, I want to understand it. I want to learn it. And in order to learn it, I need you to teach me. I need you to be my counselor. And at least 12 times in this psalm, he asked God to teach him. He was not satisfied with the shallow knowledge of God's Word. Not satisfied with the superficial knowledge of of the Bible. So some of you, if you need to turn up the volume of God's voice, you say, I'm not hearing God very much anymore. I'm not hearing Him very well. Here's where you need to start. Just go back to the basics, pick up this book, and open it and say, God, teach me. I need to learn this I promise you, if you'll make that your daily discipline of trying to learn God's Word, it'll turn up the volume. You'll hear God's voice better. Here's the second thing that the psalmist told us we can do. And that is not only learn the Word, but secondly, obey the Word. If you want to turn up the the volume of God's voice, obey the Word. Again, he mentions this throughout the psalm. Let's start in verse 2. Blessed are those who keep His statutes who are obeying what he says and seek him with all their hearts. Look what he says, continuing, they do nothing wrong, they walk in his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully, what class? Fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Look at verse 8, I will obey your decrees, do not utterly forsake me. Verse 34, give me understanding and I will keep your law and obey it with all of my heart. Verse 56, This has been my practice, and I obey your precepts. And finally, in verse 60, I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. I just wonder, don't answer this out loud, but do those verses describe your life? They describe your walk with God right now. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord and Lord and do not do what I ask you to do? Some of you are reading your Bibles, but you're not obeying your Bible. You read your Bible to get it done. You read your Bible so you can check it off the list. You read your Bible because you're trying to read through the Bible throughout the year. You read your Bible with good intentions. You're reading your Bible, but you're still not really hearing a lot from God. If you want to turn up the volume, don't just read your Bible. Obey it. I like what he said in verse 60. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Here's a third thing you can do to to turn up the volume of God's voice. Number three is memorize the Word. Look what he says in verse 11. I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He's not just reading and learning God's Word. He's not just obeying God's Word. He said, I'm taking it a step beyond that. I've hidden your Word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. He he understood that if, if he will take God's Word and internalize it, if he won't just leave the words on the page, but he puts the words in his heart, 
He understood it to have a positive impact in his life. I, I, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, it's important to memorize the voice of truth so that you can answer Satan's lies. Remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights? And, and every time Satan came and tempted him, every time the Lord responded the same way, he said, it is written. And he responded by quoting Scripture to him. And he had memorized, he had internalized the Word of God. There's no place where Jesus said, just, whoa, 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 whoa. Let, 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 me see, let me see if I can find a verse on that. Hang on, I'll get with you. Let me see if I can find a verse. No, he said, it's written. He responded because the Word of God was not just something he read on a page, it was something he had internalized, something he had memorized. When you memorize God's Word, here's the cool thing. Then your counselor is always with you. Wherever you go, the counselor is there. And especially if there are certain areas where you're struggling, you need to find verses that address that and memorize those verses so that when you're going through your ordinary everyday life and you come up on decisions you have to make, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit of God can take the Word of God that you planted in your heart and He can speak to you again and you'll hear God's voice. I'm telling you folks, if you want to turn up the volume of God's voice, turn up the volume and memorize the Word of God. So let's review before we get to the fourth one. What's the first one? Learn the Word. What's the second one? What's the third one? Here's the fourth one. Meditate on the Word. If you want to turn up the volume, meditate on God's Word. Again, the psalmist talks about this throughout Psalm 119. Let's start in verse 15. Here's what he says. I meditate on your precepts. And consider your ways. I don't just read it. I don't just learn it. I, I don't even just memorize it. He said, I, I meditate on it. And then he talks about the way he meditates on it in verse 48. I lift up my hands to your commands, which I love, and I meditate on your decrees. Verse 97, look what he says. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it. Notice this. All day long. I might want to underline that one and we'll come back to it. I meditate on it all day long. Look at verse 99. I have more insight than all my teachers for I meditate on your statutes. Look at verse 148. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure what that is. I'm not sure how to do that. How, how, do, you, how do you meditate? I don't know how to do that. Oh, yes, you do. You know how to meditate already. Do you know how to worry? If you know how to worry, you know how to meditate. What's worry? Worry is thinking about something over and over and over and over. You know what meditation is? Thinking about God's Word over and over and over. So if you know how to worry, you also know how to meditate. Just take that Word of God and think about it over and over and over. Remember what he said? Uh, I think it was in verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. I worry on it all day long. That's not what he said. He said, I meditate on it all day long. But it's just like worrying. I meditate on it all day long. I'm thinking about it all day long. And when you take the Word of God and you start meditating on it like that, all of a sudden it starts increasing the volume of God's voice. When you connect something that God said with something in your life, and you take that Scripture and you're thinking about it 
all day long. You are turning up the volume of God's voice in your life. When you take the time to do that, you will hear God speak so much more clearly. And when you need a counselor the most, all of a sudden, the Word of God becomes alive. So if you want to, You want to turn up the volume in your relationship with God. Learn the Word, don't just read it. Obey the Word, don't just read it. Memorize the Word. Internalize it, you memorize it. And meditate all day long. And I promise you, God's voice will get louder. You can turn up the volume if you'll do those four things. Would you join me as we pray? I don't know which step, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't know which step you need to take. But here's what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to choose one of those. Where is it that you need to improve? For some of you, you need to start at the beginning. So I just need to learn the Word. I... I occasionally have been reading it, but but I really need to focus on learning the Word. I'm going to invite you to come back Wednesday night. On Wednesday nights, I'm doing a class called How to Be a Self-Feeder. I'm going to teach you on Wednesday nights how to study the Bible for yourself. How you can study the Bible for yourself. How to be a self-feeder. I want to encourage you to come back on Wednesday night and let me help you with this. So maybe that's your step you need to take. That first step, turning up the volume. It might be just you need to learn the Word. For some of you... It's that obeying, or maybe it's memorizing, or maybe it's meditating. What's the step you need to take? I'm going to ask you over the next seven days, choose one of those. And make it your commitment over the next seven days. You're going to do, take that step. And let the Word of God be your counselor. And in this time of invitation, I invite you to respond to however God is leading you, whatever God is saying. If you need to counsel here at the altar, we're here to talk to you. If you need prayer, if you just want to come and get on the altar and pray, whatever your need is. Uh, if you need Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and today you want to claim Him, receive His forgiveness through Jesus Christ, we invite you to come. Father, I thank You for Your Word that is so relevant, so alive. And the Word that can be a counselor when we need it the most. I pray that today, Father, that You would give us that desire just to make that our commitment to walk with You each day in Your Word. Remind us of that every day this week. Help us to take that next step to turn up the volume so we can hear Your voice more clearly. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.